We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Greetings and salutations, my friends. Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV, Chris Van Vliet. Thank you so much for being with us on another one. And oh, yes. Oh, yes. Another in-person conversation. I'm so glad that we're able to say that much more often these days. An in-person conversation. Fred Rosser lives in the LA area, so it was amazing to have him stop by my apartment for this. And when you see the video on YouTube, yeah, that's my apartment behind us. I guess, actually, more specifically, that's my kitchen behind us. My kitchen that I just cleaned up so it would be in the background of this interview. That is what is behind us here. But so great to be able to catch up with Fred. He's doing big things in New Japan Strong. And so great to be able to share this time with him and catch up with him because a lot has changed since our last interview. And he's come a long way since being Darren Young in WWE. Fred Rosser is his real name. And we get into that during this conversation. but. He's so proud of that. Fred is on social media at Real Fred Rosser. You can find me at Chris Van Vliet. I'm also on TikTok, Chris.VanVleet. Apparently, another guy named Chris Van Vliet took that name before me. So I am Chris.VanVleet on there. Our fan of the week is Dunn Digitals with a Z on the end. Digitals or a Z for everyone else in the rest of the world. Well deserved. Five stars. I never mind helping out with reviews, especially when it involves a deserving cause. That's it. You know, we just need a few words. If you happen to have an iPhone and you want a shout out on the show for free, of course, we, we, we read one review on every episode. So leave a review on Apple Podcasts and we'll shout you out right here, right now. Well, not right now, but after you leave the review. But it'd be so great to hear from you. It's been a long time since I talked to my buddy, Freddie. So glad to have him on here. And like I said, a lot has changed. So let's dive into this. Please welcome Fred Rosser. I am so glad that you came by here. Thank you so much. Mr. No Days is in the house. You know what I mean? Like, I believe in good karma, you know? So last time we connected... uh, I spoke a lot of stuff into existence. And I always say that uh, I don't just speak it into the atmosphere. I speak it to people like you that will hold me accountable. And 
I'm making moves with New Japan, New Japan Strong. And first and foremost, the last time I wore this jacket <laughs> was this past May with WWE doing a Nexus uncut, uncensored documentary. They invited me. I said, sure, no problem. Came with my New Japan jacket. Before we started, the producer said, uh, you mind if you take off the New Japan jacket? Mm. So I'm just saying, are you going to tell me to take off the New Japan jacket? You going to ask me to take it off? I Am not. I going to ask yeah. you? Of course not. I hope not. What? So Be WWE asked you to take it off, but yeah. we saw the photos of you wearing it on the set. Yeah, and I came prepared. I knew, I knew they were going to say it. And uh, I said, you know, I worked hard for this jacket. Yeah. And you guys just inducted Jushin Liger into the Hall of Fame. This is supposed to be uncut, uncensored. And not only did I say that, I said I had just talked to John Laurinaitis uh, because he reached out to me to see how things were going with me. He told me about maybe a collaboration between New Japan and WWE. So let me just be me. If this is supposed to be uncut, uncensored, uh, Nexus documentary, then let me just be proud of this jacket. And then the producer said, uh, no problem. You sold me on it. Man. Uh, like, man, I worked hard. Like 10 years, yeah. 11 years after Nexus, they want to interview us guys. And I'm not some washed up wrestler. I still got a lot left in the tank. Yeah. And like, I'm proud of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time when they did the interview, I'd asked who they interviewed for this. And I was one of them, uh, Stu Bennett, Wade Barrett, mm -hmm. and Daniel Bryan. So they ultimately shelved the documentary, uh, maybe because of what I had did and also because of uh, Daniel Bryan going to AEW. Maybe. I mean, you don't know, right? Maybe it's shelved for now and it'll come out at some other point in time? But Chris, I mean, I said, like, come on, don't rob the people of a good documentary. Seriously. Because it was good because I mentioned on the documentary that uh, Daniel Bryan was not part of the Nexus. You know what I mean? And that's uh, coming from Stu Bennett, Wade Barrett, the leader of the Nexus. He was not part of it. He was part of the chaos we caused that one night. But, yeah, yeah. you know, the original were us. The chaos with Justin Roberts and yeah. the tie around the neck. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I know we're we're one on one right now. So don't test me. Don't test me. I'm oh my this, god! I'm wow. Keep this jacket on, damn it. Jeez. Okay. You can keep the jacket. Wow. You're getting very angry here, Fred. But listen, Chris. <laughs> uh, I will drive an hour, two hours, three hours to be here because, like. Uh, I want people to hear my story, yeah. uh, no matter what. Don't die with a story and you tell it. So, again, I'm on time for this. How many people do you interview that are not on time? I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> 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 I don't even. But, and the only reason I was late to go downstairs to pick you up yeah. is because there's two entrances to my apartment building. It took you forever. I said, damn, I, t I had to take the mask off I, because I was getting tan lines. I come camera ready. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere, I come camera ready. I literally went out. I ran out there, did not see you, and I went, oh, no. Oh, no. And I had to run around the building to the other entrance, and there you were. Don't have me turn turn into Vampiro. You go? I will do it. Please, I, I I will do it, and that could mean that could mean so many different things. I don't even know. I don't. Uh, <laughs> me and Arnold always crack up because he knows you like a book. I know you like a book, so me and Arnold Telegarta, who I do pro and bro wrestling with, uh, love that guy. Yeah, for fun, 
we always crack up about it because he really follows you religiously in all the interviews you do. So, oh, man. yeah, it's uh, it's fun. We always talk about you. Well, <laughs> thank you. Wow, that's amazing. Before that interview with Vampiro, before we hit record, he goes, "I want to, I want to run something by you," and I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "I think on your show, I want to start an angle with Chris Jericho. I want to call out Chris Jericho," and I'm like, "If you want to." Sure. And then he did. And then it turned into what it was. And then months later, he's like, yeah, I don't, I want to apologize to Chris Jericho for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well, come back on and we'll apologize. Chris Jericho is a huge inspiration to me. So Vampiro doing whatever he has to do to get in there with Chris Jericho, do it. He's been a big inspiration to me. Uh, before the pandemic, I did a off-Broadway musical uh, about marriage equality in New York right before the pandemic and why he was an inspiration uh, because he did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. He does other projects. He's into so much. So uh, I don't want to have any regrets. So I'm doing the musical because of Chris Jericho, uh, you know, branching off into so many projects. He's a huge inspiration. And uh, on any interview I do and his name comes up, like... Uh, I always talk about him. Yeah, I have nothing but amazing things to say about Chris Jericho. And the thing I love about him is he always makes time for you. Yes. If you send him a text, or you send him a message, you want to run something by him, he always makes time for you. And it's funny, backstage with WWE, uh, it's one of my mom's favorite wrestlers. <laughs> uh, one time when he was shooting with Kevin Owens and they were about to have a scuffle backstage, Jericho was talking to my mom. And uh, I, I walked over to Jericho. I said, oh, Jericho, that's my mom. And he was like, yeah, I know who she is. Like, he knows her from social media and just from her being backstage. And like the producers, this is a live segment with him and Kevin Owens. They're like, Jericho, we're about to go live in 30 seconds. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll be right there. And he's like continuing the conversation with my mom until like they're three, two. And then he just goes right into it. I'm like, man, wow. he, he's a pro. He's an OG. Like nothing phases him. Uh, yeah, so, uh, props to Jericho. I want to go back to something you said earlier. New Japan and WWE are going to work out some sort of partnership here? Well, at the time when Laurinaitis, uh, took over yeah. talent relations, he reached out to old talent that he had hired, just seeing how things were. And I said, you know, hey, Johnny, everything's going great. I'm with New Japan doing my thing. He's, oh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm going to do the voices. I'm sorry, because that's one thing that... The wrestlers say that uh, backstage, I'm really good with uh, impersonations. He said, you know, uh, I did, he said, I did a run in AEW, I mean, not AEW, all Japan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I said, yeah, I, I, I've watched your stuff. And uh, he said about a possible partnership uh, between New Japan and WWE. And uh, I said, oh, that's great. Uh, and, that, and that was that. So who knows? what that relationship could have been, but that's what he had told me. Well, Jushin Liger being in the Hall of Fame, like you mentioned earlier, kind of feels like the door is ajar. Maybe there's possibilities here. Yeah, I mean, ne never say never. You right. know, never say never. Uh, you know, bucket list for me is to, uh, I, I don't want to lose uh, track, but to Daniel Bryan, you know, come on, you know, we did the original NXT. Uh, we trained together when uh, he was living in Tampa. You know, come to New Japan Strong. It's a new show with New Japan, and come, you know, you know, you know, work me, put us on the map. You know, so 
that's my challenge to Daniel Bryan uh, to, you know, come to strong and put us on the map. And that's what it's all about, especially at this time in wrestling where, oh, like, yeah. that forbidden door or whatever is so wide open. Like, it's it's it would be a buckleless match for me, you know? Yeah. So I would think it's not a matter of if Daniel Bryan goes to New Japan and wrestles. It's a matter of when. Is it sometime in 2022? Is it in 2023? Who knows? But I think it's going to happen eventually. But he's got to come to New Japan strong, you know? Like, New Japan strong is like, you know, uh, it's a new up-and-coming show. I was called during the pandemic, and we'll get into that, about working with uh, New Japan uh, Strong. And it's a show that's on the internet. It's like my bread and butter, man. I, I always say in interviews, I want to be the Tommy Dreamer of New Japan Strong because, you know, I'm just so overprotective of the brand. Uh, my biggest honor with New Japan Strong was getting Match of the Year uh, 2020 with Tom Lawler. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I want to put them on the map, you know. So if he, yeah. if he comes... He's got to come to New Japan strong, where it's such an intimate crowd. It's an intimate setting. It's very gritty. It's uh, not fancy, but uh, you know the Japanese audience really loves it. What is, what I love about you is so much has changed since we last spoke. And that was almost three years ago. So much has changed. You weren't even really in wrestling at the time back then. No, 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 not at all. Um, that's why I say I have to do these major interviews because not only do I uh, uh, got to share my story with you again, but like your friend, you know what I mean? So I want to do anything I can to, uh, you know, just, you know, share my story, you yeah. know, and I believe in karma, like I said earlier. So, uh, before, uh, before this interview, I wasn't doing much, you know, and then, uh, I kept spoken it. I keep, I, I, I kept, speaking it into existence about, you know, goals and aspirations of New Japan. And I think it was probably September 2019, a show in Pomona, California, where I ran into Lance Hoyt. And at the time, he was still with New Japan. And he asked me how I was doing. I said, uh, like, like we were talking in the interview before, uh, I'm just keeping it moving. And, but I've always had dreams and aspirations of New Japan. Mm -hmm. And he uh, now, if we did this uh, podcast at my place, uh, I would show you the um, uh, the flyer he had gave me about the New Japan show uh, at the Globe Theater. This was going to be uh, November of 2019, right before the pandemic. So, so I went to a New Japan show. The show started at 7 p.m. I got there 5 p.m. because I wanted to be able to feel the ring. I wanted to be able to meet the wrestlers, meet Rocky Romero, who's like my heart and soul. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be with you. I love that Strong. guy. Oh, Rocky. Um, so I sat there doing the show, first New Japan show, always intimidated in the style since a kid because it's such a, it, it, it's physical. Yeah. It's physical. It's no nonsense. So I watched your show at the Globe Theater in November 2019 from beginning to end. And that one question was running in my head, like, do I fit in? Do I fit in? Can I keep up with these guys? Mm. And after watching the show at the Globe Theater in November 2019, uh, I said to myself, man, I can hang with these guys. You know, yeah. I, I can go. I can elevate these guys. That's what, it, that's what it's all about at this point in my career, elevating guys, working with talent, highlighting them, also getting my shit in. 
Yeah. But uh, highlighting other talents. So after the show, I talked to Rocky Romero and I said, what do I have to do? Do I have to, at the time, maybe uh, 17, 18 years in the business, do I have to try out at the dojo in LA? I'll do it. Yeah. Well, whatever it takes, because that's how my mindset was when I got signed in WWE, that's, 2009. That's student mentality. Yeah, whatever yeah. it takes. So this was a conversation we, I had with Rocky November 2019, and then the pandemic hit. And he reached out to me in June of 2020, July of 2020, about working with New Japan, New Japan Strong. And I said, man, it sounds like a great opportunity, but we're heavy into the pandemic. Let me get back to you, Rocky. Let me talk to my family. And uh, my family, all doctors, they all assured me that, you know, if they're all COVID compliant to go for it, you know, yeah. go for it. So my family blessed me with this opportunity. And I called up Rocky because I was delaying and delaying and delaying. My family blessed me. I called up Rocky. I said, let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the true test of like a really, really passionate, good worker is with no crowd. Mm. That, that's the true test because- sure. Your work is right there. You know, it's you and the camera. And people say, what's the difference between a crowd and a camera? For me, uh, my thing is with my opponent, you know, my opponent and working the cameras at home, you know, being able to tell that story the best way possible. And, you know, uh, the people see through your work, you know, that's the true test. Mm -hmm. And to have match of the year with Tom Lawler, ultimately heavy into the pandemic, um, you know, that's major for me. That's, yeah. that's major for me. And we just wrestled again. It's been a year later since we've wrestled. And people are saying in attendance that it's better than the first uh, uh, match of the year uh, that we had. So that's like a huge honor. Yeah. Huge honor. I think what's great about New Japan Strong is this is a lot of people's first introduction to the New Japan style. Because for a long time, you could only watch New Japan in Japan or really seek it out online. This is available to American audiences. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always pushing it on social media. You know, social media is like a second job. So I'm always, you know, again, New Japan is my bread and butter. And I still haven't gotten out there yet, but that's the goal, you know, yeah. 2022. So 2021, we've started having crowds, COVID compliant, just we've, we've been doing Dallas. We've been uh, touring slowly in 2022. We're going to be hitting Tampa. We're going to be hitting where else? Um, Los Angeles. Yes, Los yeah. Angeles, Seattle. Yeah. I mean, we're back again right now uh, at the Vermont here in Hollywood. I invited your ass. Oh, no. oh you got a concert. Did you, did you see the look on Arnold. his face there? I, I invited Arnold Telegarta, my boy, our boy. He's got another, uh, he's going to be out of town. I invite all my friends. People ask me, you know, they ask me, oh, when you have a show in LA, uh, you know, invite me, you know? I'm not saying that, like, I just want you to come just to come, but you invite people and like, oh, they got stuff to do. And you let them know ahead of time. I, you guys are here often, right? Riverside recently? Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's no, my, no. It's my fa <laughs> Jeez, it was, that was getting serious there. It's yeah. my favorite band of all time. Yeah, no. The Dangerous do it. Summer. Do it. They haven't toured in so long. I haven't been to a concert since 2019. Mm. And I got a notification that the Dangerous Summer was going to be in Irvine, California. What wait, what app do you use? Bands in town? This was I so I follow the this and we're going to go off the of water such break. A, this is how you know he lifts weights. Shows up with a gallon of water. 
sorry, my mouth is dry from talking so much because I'm excited. Uh, and you said to me, oh, uh, a gallon of water like a bodybuilder. I've just got to point this in your direction. There I don't. I don't lift like a bodybuilder. Functional training. You're so leaning mean these. Days. Yeah, and I do the. Um, I do the intimate fasting. Okay. So we'll get into uh, all that too. Yeah, I don't Very eat till six p.m. Okay, you so. can put that down. I'll talk while you drink your water. I follow the Dangerous Summer on Spotify, and Spotify sent me a notification and said, "Hey, they're going to be in town." And then I went, "Ah, oh, oh, I need to go." So the Dangerous Summer with Secondhand Serenade, this is a giant throwback for anybody who likes pop punk or emo or anything like that. So Fred, I'm so sorry that I won't be at that show, but I'll be at the next one. I yeah, okay, you. but uh, be careful because these concerts, man, just just be careful. Just know your surroundings. Like In terms of like, don't get into the mosh pit and get yeah, squashed? Yeah, don't do any of that stuff. Goodness I'm, gracious, you know? It, you know, this is crazy, and I don't want to go off on too much of a pop-punk tangent here, but I went to a Newfound Glory concert recently. You're, you know who they are? I've heard of them, yes. So their first album was in like the year 2000. So I was like 16 when their first album came out. I went to a concert right before the pandemic, and everybody there was like 20. And I'm mm. like, wait, how do you guys know about Newfound Glory? Mm. Like, I'm in my 30s, and <laughs> they're amazing. I was one of the oldest people there. So I will, and I'm not saying I'm old. We're not old. Fred, yeah. but I'm going to be one of the oldest people at this concert, just standing in the back, enjoying a nice craft beer and singing along to the songs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you enjoy yourself. Just know your surroundings. And I'll be at the next show. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. You. And again, I didn't, uh, I just invited him personally, but it's the other people. It's the other people that say, oh, let me know when you have a show in town. Okay. Yeah. I'll be there at the next one. How much more important is it to you that you're now headlining as Fred Rosser? Not Darren Young. This is your actual name in the marquee. Uh, and it's funny. We talked about this uh, earlier. Um, during the Olympics, my family was always uh, rooting for um, different teams, you know, other than Japan when the Olympics were in Tokyo. I was always rooting for uh, Japan. And my family's like, why are you always rooting for Japan? Because... New Japan, New Japan Strong were the first to put me on the marquee before WWE. So it's like a loyalty. It's mm. like when I was doing the Nexus, I was part of a group. When I was tagging with Titus, I was part of a tag team. Uh, doing my thing with Bob Backlund as a singles, it was finally taken off. But it is what it is. Finally, with New Japan, you know, uh, I'm getting this, you know, I'm getting this opportunity, you know. So it's like... It's so important to me. They put me on the marquee first. And Mr. No Days Off, Fred Ross or Darren Young, wh whether you Google me, it all comes up the same. Yeah. But like, it, it means the world to me. It's my government name, you know? And it's, uh, I'm not afraid to dream another dream. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, the reason why people are so, so down and depressed in this world is because. They're not like doing what they love. They're doing what they have to. And that's yeah. like what the work world and the workforce does. It steals dreams. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, New Japan Strong is my heart. You know what I mean? So yeah. whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes to, uh, to start over again. For me, I'm not starting from scratch. Oh, I'm starting from all. experience. You know yeah. what I mean, bro? Of course. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, you're, and, you're a veteran in New Japan Strong. Yeah, and uh, I hate the word former. Anytime I do interviews, I say WWE veteran because mm. my journey started 
in 2003 when I was doing extra work from 2003 to 2009 and getting signed and working from them from 2009 to 2017. And then, you know, ultimately getting signed with New Japan, you know? And, uh, you know, everyone has a lane in wrestling. And uh, all the wrestling that's out there, I love it all. CM Punk said on a um, interview that don't get fooled into like picking a uh, brand or pick, picking an organization. Watch it all, enjoy it all, and that's yeah. and, and and that's that's my philosophy on wrestling. But for me, I've got to stay in my lane. Everyone has a lane, yep. and no one can beat you in your lane when you just stay in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, people ask me. Um, uh, do you want to go back to WWE? Well, you know, if they ask me, maybe we can talk, but uh, I'm a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know. Yeah, Gary V. I had the opportunity, and he's up there with you to do his podcast. Oh, he is many, many levels above me. He's up there. And that was a bucket list for me because I listen to him all the time, and he he uses this analogy, which is simple, but with him it hit. For example, these are numbers I'm talking about. I'd rather make $150,000 with New Japan and be happy mm-hmm. than make $350,000 with WWE and be unhappy. Yeah. At $150,000, you just have to live a little bit more humbly. Yeah. And that's just like, that's just 150000 even in California, is still a pretty good life. Yeah, but you're happy. And that's, that's the most important thing. And yeah. at 38 years old, like... Your 20s, you're trying to figure stuff out. 38, man, I'm proud. Uh, I, I cry wolf about feeling, feeling old, but, man, I'm making my 20s jealous of my 30s, man. I love so, that. We still got, like, another – we're both 38. We've yeah. still got another – I'm going to live to be, like, 120. So <laughs> <laughs> we've still got another, like, 80 years here. Hey, man, health is wealth, man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate – isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
When you talk about salary, it reminds me of a quote from Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Mm. And he said, a salary is the bribe that you're given to give up on your dreams. And I was like, man, that hits hard. I understand that. Because think it. about it. You, because you get into a job, you go, ah, oh, you know, the benefits are pretty good. You know, get paid a decent amount. I get three weeks vacation. You know, I could chase my own thing, but you know, this, this is pretty solid. And you give up on your dreams because you've got something that's okay enough. You hit it, man. You hit it. I mean, what, what, what else is there to say about that? Yeah. And, and exactly what you're saying with Gary Vee is it's so true. Oh, I mean, it's, it, it, happiness should drive it all. And I mean that, and that's why, that's why I'm doing it with new Japan. I love it. But you had a bit of a break when you got released from WWE till we saw you in a ring again. Was that intentional or did you just, you know, did you want time off or did you, or were you looking for the right fit? Uh, you know, it's funny and I'll say it again. Um, uh, my dad is my biggest supporter, you know, him, not bigger than your mom. Come on. Yeah, no, yeah. She she's a huge supporter, but it, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. He's a huge fan. And he's even as a kid, you know, if I get three B's and one A, he's like, How come you didn't get uh A? So he's always pushing me. So at this point in my life, he's like, you know, uh, he's talking about the other wrestlers. He's a huge fan. He's talking about the other wrestlers. Oh, when are you gonna be the belt collector? Or when are, uh, when are you going to do AEW? I said, Dad, you know, I tried AEW not once but twice, but at the time they said no. You uh, reached out to them? Yeah, this was a couple of years ago. Like when they were just starting uh, out? Yeah, when they were just starting off, and uh, they didn't have anything for me. Uh, so my dad's pushing me again, like, yeah, to, oh, uh, you know, the for the forbidden door is open. When are you going to start working uh, impact? And I would say, and I say to him, dad, you know, very calmly, I just want to focus with new Japan, new Japan strong. So now at 38 years old, I'm saying to myself, you know, may, maybe take his advice, you know, maybe reach out to them again and again and again and again, you know, uh, uh, and then kind of like, you know, shove it in his face. All right, dad, I did it. If, you know, if Rocky Romero was just working some matches in AEW, <laughs> Yeah, so no reason you can't exactly. So that's why, I like twenty twenty two, I just want to be able to, you know, work work wherever through New yeah. Japan, of course. But a lot of people get released from WWE, and then ninety days later, ninety one days later, yeah. we see them on indie shows. That wasn't the case for you. Did you just want to take some time? Well, I had moved out to LA ultimately to pursue acting and commercials. So this was I moved out here. August 2017, my release happened uh, October of 2017, a few days before my birthday on Halloween. So that was, I was very, very upset. <laughs> and it's, but it's almost like you were foreshadowing, you know, you'd move to LA and then two months later get released. Yeah, well, I was also hurt too. I was just coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery to my elbow. I, That's so funny. That's a baseball injury. Yeah, and it's very uncommon in wrestling, yeah. uh, very common in baseball. So I've never played baseball a day in my life. So I'm rehabbing like a baseball player. I mean, knock on wood. Well, there's wood here. There's wood. But uh, Don't they take a ligament from your leg and put it in your arm? Uh, they did that with my knee, uh, but I don't know. I, don't I think remember. if you're like, I'm, I'm no expert. I haven't had Tommy John surgery, but I think that if your arm's completely shot, that's what they do. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, there might be some screws in it, I think, but I'm oh not sure. Gosh. I'm not sure. Honestly. I'd have so to, you're rehabbing it and obviously you weren't ready to 
work indie matches because you were injured. Well, this was, well, when I got hurt, I was with WWE. This was January of 2017. I ultimately came back uh, August 2017 uh, to wrestling with WWE, yep. but I was already moving out to LA because, again, you know, you get that feeling, you know, nothing lasts forever. Uh, anything can happen. So I was just making that move ahead of time and mm. then the release happened soon after. So I was already out here just, you know, developing a reel. Uh, it's tough. I'll be honest with you. It's tough when you don't have uh, any acting reel. So you have to develop it. So you've, you've got to do projects that are free. Mm -hmm. You've got to do pro projects that, you know, compensate a little bit, you know. So, again, yeah. the goal can't be, you know, money driven, but you have to kind of like, you know, suck it up. And you've got to do the free stuff to develop that reel. So I was, yeah. I was spending a ton of time doing that. And yeah. You also have to audition for stuff that's free. Yes. So you put all this time into developing this character, yeah. all this time into putting yourself on tape. It's free. And then you don't book it. And you're like, oh, and this is just, you know, this is part of the of how it goes. And then it's like, all right, well, I got to look for another audition now. Yeah. yeah. It's, and that, that's how the industry is. But it's, it's tough. It's really tough. It is tough. And like Tom Hanks said it the best because I watch a lot of his stuff. I always say just as much as people look up to me on social media as an inspiration, I look up to guys like Tom Hanks, Will Smith, Denzel Washington, The Rock for inspiration. Well, you're you know? listing all the goats here. Like yeah. I have Will Smith's book over on my table over there. Ah, brand new. Brand so new. Good. I, I see that. I it's, see that. I'll lend it to you when I'm done. Okay. It's no. so good. Cool. Who who has been who's been your biggest inspiration? in your life in terms of people you know and then people that you don't know or maybe met later on in life that you looked up to as a role model? Mm. Well, uh, before I lose my train of thought, like Tom Hanks said, when it comes oh, to sorry, auditions, yeah. uh, to just do them, be prepared, knock them out, hit a home run, and then move on to the next one. Because you if you to. start to like, you know, like, oh, I hope, I hope, I hope, you might not get that, you know? So you've got to prepare uh, be confident that you hit a home run and then move on to the yep, next. Just and close the book. Exactly. And on to the next yeah. one. So that helped out a lot. So yeah. your, your question was, I'm so sorry. So who's been your biggest inspiration of people you, like in your life physically, and then someone that you looked up to as a role model? Maybe you did meet them later on in life. Um, well, someone I know, I'd have to say it's my mom and my grandfather. Definitely my pop, 96 years old. Uh, when I'm able to go back home to New Jersey and visit He's got a plethora of knowledge, and he's so. Uh, I always post about him on social media, and you know, I just ask him random questions like, "Pop," you know. Uh, I ask him random rapid-fire questions that I would ask people on the podcast. I say, "96-year-old Pop," to Pop, if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds, what would you say? Ah, oh, be cool and don't be no fool. Just little stuff like that, you know? Like Sounds like he'd be a great wrestler. Yeah, you know, I, you know, and he's always been my biggest supporter, too, uh, as a kid, taking me to get to toys, wrestling action figures. He's the only grandparent to watch me live in front of 20 people or WrestleMania, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, WrestleMania in New York, and that meant the world to me. And yeah. 96 years old, he still gets up every day. I remember... One time we were talking on the phone and he forgot to hang up the phone. Uh, and I'm just listening to him on the phone. And then at, after we were done with the conversation, he's just, 
Today is a great day. He's singing to himself at 96 years old. Wow. He's getting up. Today is a, if I had a dream. He's just singing to himself. And I'm like, man, that's, that's how you live long. You just sing to yourself. You just, he thinks the phone is off. He's there, uh, 96 years old, by himself, getting his clothes on, getting his Stone Cold Steve Austin braces on, and going out and driving around the town like, uh, like a mayor, you know? He's one of the oldest veterans, uh, world, world, world War II veterans out there. And, like, that's who my biggest inspiration is, you know what I mean? Like, when I get stressed out, I go to him, and he's got that, be cool and don't be no fool, you know? So he's a huge inspiration. And my mom, be on time, be on time. If we were going to a concert with my mom, and it starts at seven, we would be there at four o'clock. Like, mom, why so early? You know, like, be on time for this interview, for anything, just be on time. So those are like a lot of my inspirations that I, you know, uh, just put out there and stuff that I practice, you know? And then you talk about people that are uh, outside of my family. Yeah, like role models you'd see on TV or athletes or actors. I think everyone I mentioned earlier, just as much as people look at to me uh, for inspiration, and you'll get people that say uh, that are, you know, that that verified check is like, uh, whether you like it or not, it means something, you know? So you'll hear people on social media say, oh, I need a break from social media. I need a break, but I can't do it. You know, I've got to, keep posting quality content that is uh, meaningful to me. Yeah. My social media is an open diary to the world. So anything I ever post always comes from the heart with yeah. the intent to inspire, motivate, and educate the masses. Yeah. I, when you came out publicly, it was such a big deal in the news, but you did it as such like, it just kind of happened, right? You just kind of came up in conversation. I don't think you were even planning to come yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. When did you come out privately? When did you come out to your family? Uh, I came out two years before I came out publicly to the world. So I came out 2011. Yeah, I oh. came out to uh, my immediate family, my mom. I was nervous about my grandfather, who he's uh, a pop, who I just mentioned. I was nervous about what he would think, and I, I said to my mom because I know he saw it on the news. I said, "Mom, what did Pop say about it?" Uh, he said, I don't give a damn if he's green, yellow, brown, blue. That's my grandson, and I love him. Oh. And we still, um, we don't talk about it, but anytime I'm home, and he'll be like, all right, come on, Sonny, let's hit the town and find some chicks. I'm like, oh, Pop, all right, let's go. But he knows, but he's always just joking <laughs> and stuff like that. I hope he still knows, but uh, yeah. So you were 27 when you came out to your family? Yeah, and you need, I tell people all the time, you need that support system, uh, and the sky's the limit. And there are many reasons why I wanted to come out publicly, ultimately. Uh, I wanted to be able to bring my boyfriend to red carpets with WWE at the time, which I was able to do. I wanted to be able to bring him backstage into the masculine world of professional wrestling, and I was able to do that. You know, I hear the wrestlers talk about, uh, you know, their relationship problems and I can be sassy. I can be like, mm, honey, thank goodness I, I'm gay. Mm, mm. I can I can just be me before I wouldn't be able to do that. I'd be very tough and very. But now I can just be me. And that's yeah. 
that's very important to me. And yeah. when you come out as an athlete, you have a duty to instill confidence in our youth and to lead by example. So that's why I'm always representing. Block the hate. Always yeah. representing. So, do you, in hindsight, do you wish you would come out publicly in a bigger way? I mean, I did it. I did it, and but you did it. I feel like when you watch that video back, yeah. that TMZ video yeah. back, you're in an airport, you're randomly being asked questions, yeah, and you're just kind of like, well, yeah, it's, yeah, well, because I am gay. I thought it was the the biggest uh, biggest decision I, I ever made in my life, and I regretted it. I regretted it at the time. I was like, oh my god, what did I say? You know, because at the time we were approached by uh, TMZ during the Nexus days. And it's like, uh, it is what it is. Uh, but when they approached me, I said, man, I said what I said. I was like, oh man, big mistake. And then that's when I had approached WWE uh, and I told them what had happened and they supported me and the rest is history. You know. So they filmed that video at the airport for TMZ. The video probably doesn't go live on the website for what, several hours after? Yeah, or was it days? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it was the next day. Okay, so after you leave there, you've probably got a million thoughts running through your million mind. million thoughts. I contacted WWE and I told them what had happened. So I'm like, man. Fuck. Did they know? Uh, so, you no, have to, no, so now no, you're coming out again. Yeah, no, no, they didn't know. Uh, and they assured me everything would be okay. And I remember I had to do a beer star the next day. Uh, and I told Stephanie, man, I can't do it. I can't be in front of a crowd because I... That, that, that guilty feeling of that fear of the unknown. I, I was just sick. And uh, the next day, when the news dropped, I remember Mark Henry being the first guy to uh, text me, hey, man, come down to the hotel. This was before at SummerSlam. Come down to the green room. And I said, oh, man. So he was like one of the first guys that I met uh, in the green room. He said, man, how come you didn't tell me? Uh, uh, I said, oh, man, just, you know, I'm just fearful, you know? He's like, man, I got cousins that are gay. Uh, and then from then on, uh, me and Mark were just just tight, tight. And tight with guys like Randy Orton, seeing Punk, who I always mention. So, yeah, those guys made it a lot easier for me to walk into a locker room. Because it was now so much easier to be who you were, do you wish you'd done it earlier? Uh, I mean... Now that I think about it, uh, yeah, hindsight's twenty yeah, twenty. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But you know, I get people all the time on my social media in the DMs because it goes down in the DM. Of course, uh, people that reach out to me and they say that they want to commit suicide because, and these are fans that I've met uh, that they want to commit suicide because of X, Y, and Z. And then that's when I have to go into superhero mode and do do video messages with them and talk them out of it. Uh, and that's when my fight becomes much bigger. So uh, I'm glad that I, I'm able to be myself and I came out and help people on my social media. So for me, it's not a gimmick. It's like, it's what I'm about. Well, and I appreciate that it didn't become your gimmick. You just kept doing what you were doing. And, you know, there was a little asterisk there like, oh yeah, like this is who... Darren Young is or who Fred Rosser is. Yeah. And to also be accepted by New Japan, you know, um, again, I got match of the year with New Japan, uh, not because I was gay, but yeah. the 13 or 15,000 fans that voted on that match of the year. I got it because I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do and I'm yeah. given an opportunity to just be me. 
That's the one thing with New Japan. Uh, I've been able to just uh, be me, turned up, my own style. Uh, I feel comfortable in there. I can talk as much as I want on camera or as little as I want and create some really, really great content. Yeah. What's changed for you professionally since you came out? You've, you've been given a lot of opportunities, and it's amazing. Yeah, you know, the one thing I say with, like, the release wrestlers is whether you're with them, like, uh, five years, ten years, six months, a year, you've got to take the platform that you've built with WWE or anything that you do, and you've just got to, you know, utilize it to the best of your ability, you know? I don't call myself former. I call myself WWE vet veteran. And uh, when the pandemic hit... Uh, and everything stopped, I didn't stop. I had to pivot. I had to, the gyms closed. I had to um, uh, create my own workouts back, you know, back in my yard, uh, kettlebell training, TRX, just jump roping, whatever it took to stay in shape because I got that phone call that I didn't know about with New Japan, you know? Mm -hmm. So you got to stay ready so you don't no have to get, off. no days off. You got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. So uh, staying in shape, uh, I was very lucky during the pandemic to just reach out to hundreds and hundreds personally sponsorships uh, to see if they wanted to collaborate. Because for me, I don't want to give away my secrets, but reaching out to companies personally as an athlete, the verified check I said earlier, is it, it means a lot. Mm -hmm. When you reach out to these companies, whether it's a keto snack company or an energy drink company, you reach out to them personally and uh, you see if they want to collaborate, you know, with you. And at the time, the pandemic, there's nothing to do. You reach out to all these companies and then you hit a home run with a handful. And I was yeah. lucky enough to utilize my uh, platform to, you know, represent stuff that I actually use. Because, again, I'm, my social media is my diary. So I don't want to post anything that I'm not going to use. Yeah, yeah. So energy drink snacks that I like, genuinely like, I'm going to post about it. But again, we're a business, you yeah, know, yeah. so we have to get compensated somehow, you know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Uh, and again, I don't ask for astronomical amounts. Uh, very, very, very easy going, very, uh, you know, a good amount is good for me. So yeah. I've been lucky to uh, sponsorships and just stay healthy during the pandemic. Let's talk about your training because if people haven't seen you since you were in the ring with WWE, you are lean and mean now. Yeah, uh, probably like 10 pounds lighter. Uh, with WWE, I was like maybe 240. So I, I go between like 225 and 230. But I always say slow feet don't eat. So I'm always on the agility ladder. I'm always jump roping because you see any boxer, for example, uh, who's very lean, they do a lot of jump roping. So for me, uh, my kind of training, the functional type training at 38 years old just works works good for me. Uh, I move a lot better in the ring. I feel great. Like sitting in a chair like this with no back would kill me. But that I've incorporated uh, yoga and my mobility training is on point. Um, I feel great. I yeah. feel great. And Give me an example of a mobility workout because... We are the same age, and yeah. I'm still doing the push-pull legs, like bodybuilder type of style workout. Well, again, I don't want to change up what you're doing, but I would incorporate more uh, kettlebell work. For me, jump roping, agility ladder stuff, because when you're not in the ring as often as you are with WWE, WWE, you're on the road 
five, six days a week. Sure, you yeah. know? So you're beating your body up. Uh, when you're not in the ring as much with New Japan, uh, it's a limited uh, schedule. Uh, you, you've got to stay moving because... You've like, also got time to recover now. Yes, Which you yes. didn't have with WWE. Yes, major, major. I just, like Tom Lawler, we just had our second match. We went almost 30 minutes, and that's one of my longest matches ever. I'm just, it was about a week ago, and I'm yeah. still recovering. I'm still <laughs> recovering because you're in there with a legit fighter, an MMA guy. Yeah, he probably pushes you. Yeah. And yeah. it's that New Japan style. Exactly. It, it wore me out. It wore <laughs> me out. It's not... It's not fancy, it's not pretty, but it got, a, it got good results, and I'm just now recovering. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How different is Fred Rosser, the wrestler, from Darren Young, the wrestler? Yeah, I, I always get that a lot. Um, I mean, it's... It's the same person. It's the same person. Just turned up. Turned up. But it's not millions of dollars anymore. Uh, I still throw that in there. Okay. You know, I still throw that. Any other promotion I work with, uh, uh, I still throw it in. I, I don't lose it. I don't lose. I just, I just have fun with it. Because, it, again, it's stuff that, uh, that I've uh, created that I just, I just, you know, I just wild out to. You know, like the young kids say nowadays. But um, stop pretending you're old, the young kids. Yeah, we're still young. Look at this man. You look great. Yeah, but yeah, it, I mean, it's just Dusty Rhodes, you know, gave me Darren Young, you know, yeah. uh, and w, it's WWE's name, you know. So I had a great time with it. But Mister No Days Off, Fred Rosser is is making moves, still making moves. I still say, you know, still making million dollar moves on New Japan Strong, you know? And uh, you can't have New Japan Strong without primetime because I'm still primetime. So I use all that stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. I still use all that. Unless they... I'm, I'm, I'm going to just be me. You know Love what I mean? It. I'm going to be me turned up. Again, with me, some of the guys that I study, I, again, I don't like to throw away, give away my secrets, but I'm studying Stan Hansen, Muda, just... You know, just the way he moves, you know, the way he uh, goes about his offense. So I'm just studying the greats, man, and just making it my own. Tom Hanks said it the best. Uh, hey, uh, I got to quote him again. You're dope if you don't steal from the greats. So I'm studying. I'm studying guys, still studying. Uh, you're dope if you don't steal from the greats. You're a dope. You're a dope. Yeah, you're a dope if you don't steal from the greats. They had Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks, so brilliant. Yeah, so that's like, you know, don't be afraid to 
uh, steal uh, steal another style and make it your own. Mm. And that's what I'm doing. Favorite Tom Hanks film? Uh, Castaway. Oh, it's mine too. Castaway. And there's another one I forget, but yeah, Castaway. Philadelphia. What a performance. Philadelphia, yes. Oh, yes. Well, very... we could like literally list any Tom <laughs> Hanks movie and you could be like, yep, yeah, that's my favorite movie. Yeah. I don't know just, if he's had a bad movie. Yeah, just like, uh, and I don't know if he's a method actor, but any projects. I don't think so. Yeah, any projects I do, I'm always like getting into the zone, getting into character. It's very, it's very, uh, it's very interesting. Like the New Japan roster, I just love them. But when I'm in the ring with them, I'm just gonna tear them apart. You still keep in touch with Titus? Yeah, Titus is doing great. Uh, we still stay in contact. People always ask that. Uh, he's making moves as a, money moves. Yeah, making money moves <laughs> he is. as a global ambassador. So. Doing a lot of speaking too. Yeah, and yeah. I always say the one thing about Titus I learned is closed mouths don't get fed. Uh, anytime we didn't have anything on uh, on TV, uh, he'd always bust in Vincent Man's office. Hey, boss, what you got for us? And then if we didn't have anything, we would do on the app. So that's the one thing I learned from Titus to just like. Uh, you got to go clo- as close to the sun as possible. Vincent Mann, you know, the boss, whatever it takes, you know. Mm. Uh, again, closed mouths don't get fed. So that's how I, 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 I approach life yeah. business too, you yeah. know. Is there a specific lesson that you learned from Vince McMahon during your time in WWE? Mm, I'll quote him again. Nervous people don't draw money, you know, so... You can be excited uh, about a performance, but if you're nervous about hit- hitting a home run, uh, you're not going to draw any money. And that's true, you know? And another thing is he would never have talent do anything that he wouldn't do himself. So uh, that's uh, another quote from, quote from him. And also, uh, what's another one from Vince? Um, again, when it comes to promos, uh, don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. And... Yeah, it's totally true. Whether it's uh, uh, doing commercials or acting to, to to wrestling, never be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Yeah. Well, when you said that he wouldn't ask you to do something that he wouldn't do himself, what immediately came to mind is when he told Ron, Rob Gronkowski to fall off the yes, stage. Exactly. And then there's the clip of yep. him being like, "Well," and then he like does yep. this shrug, like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Ah, this is amazing." Exactly. Exactly. So those like, and these are stuff I learned from him in promo class when we were, uh, when we were not forced, but they had promo class set up before TV. Uh, So we'd have to be there early. And at the time I wasn't out. So I would be petrified of doing promo class, petrified of being there 9am to do promos with Vincent Mann, because I just wasn't comfortable with myself. But once I was able to come out, and, you know, uh, just be myself years later, yeah. if I could be in his presence again, I would be a little bit more confident, you mm-hmm. know, a little bit more confident and a little bit more myself. Were you worried after you came out that they would really lean into that as a gimmick and a character and that it would become like a different character for Darren Young? Um, hey, I get asked that a lot, too. Um, I wasn't I was just happy to just finally kind of be myself. I wasn't kind of worried about whether they would make it a gimmick or not. I just wanted to just be me and live out my dreams still as a WWE superstar. Which worked out great for your character, but sometimes they go, oh, you know how to play guitar? Well, great. This is your new gimmick. You play guitar. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, if they would have, I, I don't know. I don't, 
I think being gay, you can be, uh, being gay is masculine, feminine. It's anything you want to be. So well, it's just, it's you. Yeah. It's just me. So I just wanted to just be me. Mm. And, and Titus and I, we did it a few times, but we would kind of implement it in there as a joke or something like that. Uh, about my sexuality, just little, just little stuff like that, that I was cool with, you yeah. know, but if you're going to have me dress up, I mean, that's not. That's not me. I don't know what I would do with that character. Um, but yeah. I'm so curious what you thought of Billy and Chuck. Oh, like me, I'm a diehard wrestling fan. So I, I think anything I saw on TV, I think the first wrestler I ever met was Louis Spicoli, you know? So it's just like, it, it's a respect thing. So anything I've ever seen on TV, I was, I was never the guy to be so judgmental, you know, about what I see. I just watched the product and just, you either like it or you don't. I just move on. I don't comment about it. And that's the one thing I love about Arnold that I do the podcast with because he's not in the business, but he, uh, you know, you're not in the business, but you have your own two cents. You're, you're still respectful. You're respectful of the business. So, um, yeah. I look People at also the, forget Billy and Chuck weren't gay at the yeah. end. They, they weren't gay. Yeah, they weren't gay. It's entertainment, you know? So, um Again, it's, you know, they wanted to do it. They ran with it. They made it. Uh, they made it work. And yeah. and Billy always talks about, like, I've interviewed him many times. He talks mm. about how hilarious he thought it was. Like, that was the most fun gimmick he's ever done. Yeah. As long as he had fun, you know, yeah. uh, I had fun being me. But, again, I'm a wrestling fan, so yeah. I enjoyed the entertainment aspect. I wasn't hurt over it at all. Who were the wrestlers you loved growing up? Uh, I mean, I always say Shawn Michaels, uh, of course, Bret Hart, Ricky Steamboat, because they always had How me. can you be a Shawn Michaels and a Bret Hart guy? Yeah, I just, <laughs> you know, Bret, the way he sold, man. Well, Shawn was, a, uh, was ultimate with that, too, but... Uh, uh, you know, Brett's connection with me goes back uh, not even with wrestling. When he was actually, you know, diagnosed at one time with, with prostate cancer, my uncle, who's a urologist who specializes in, who specializes in prostate cancer, had contacted Brett uh, and I connected Brett and my uncle together. And Brett had said at the time that out of all the doctors he talked to about his condition, my uncle was the most informative and uh, assured him that he would recover and referred him certain doctors in Canada, you know? So uh, that's like my outside connection with Brett. Wow. So uh, Brett always uh, with the block tape movement, without a doubt, anytime I need him to shout out the block tape movement, he's always on top of it. So that's like my connection to him uh, outside of the ring. But again, it was always... Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Ricky Steamboat that yeah. I can like think of. Even guys like Brad Armstrong, you know, uh, they just, the way they moved in the ring. I didn't know why I liked them, but they just always had me cap yeah. captivated by, you know, uh, that fire. Yeah. What is the block the hate movement for people who might now just be hearing it for the first time and don't follow you on social? No, I mean, the block the hate movement originally started with me being the first openly gay WWE superstar, but it's like more than just an LGBTQ movement. It's for anyone that gets bullied in the silence, for um, someone says that you can't achieve your dreams because at the time, uh, a kid, I, I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. I, I was overweight as a kid, but I didn't let those disabilities hold me down. 
I, I, I just tuned out the noise and I just blocked the hate, you know, and I was able to achieve my dreams. And I always say my fight's much more bigger than the ring. It's, you know, doing my advocacy work and I can't wait to do more of it in 2022 because, you know, uh, there's 7 billion plus people on this damn planet. So whatever it takes for me to share my story with you again, with the masses, I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's bigger than you. Yes. That's yes. what's so great about yes. it. And it's almost, I say it all the time, it's, it's the next middle finger. <laughs> you tell me I can't achieve my dreams, well, F you. Yeah. And, it, and that's like an equal sign too. Yeah. Equality sign yeah. for not just me, not just for you, for all. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like I always say there's room for everyone at the finish line. So uh, just to see you shine isn't going to hurt me, you know, uh, and vice versa. Oh. You know what I mean? I tweeted this out a few weeks ago. Clapping, Dro drop some knowledge on me. Let me hear. <laughs> Clapping for other people doesn't take away from your success. And I think that people are so nervous to applaud somebody for doing a great job or to, even if they're like, you're not in com competition with anybody. It's okay to say, hey, man, great job. I'm proud of you. Exactly. You just, you couldn't have said it any better. Uh, for, for, for example, Tom Lawler and I are like, this has to do with wrestling. Uh, him and I are different, but the biggest respect of my peer is hearing him say in an interview, I would have never thought that I would have stepped in the ring with Darren Young or Fred Rosser. But the minute we touched, I knew it was going to be something special. Now, I, I can't stand him in the ring, but Per, uh, personally, that means a lot to me, you sure. know? Yeah. I, I want to outdo him. He wants to outdo me. And at the end of the day, we both uh, cross the finish line and have amazing, amazing matches, you know? Um, and just just any up-and-coming uh, company on social media that's a starter, whatever it takes, if I'm into them, you know, um, I want to help them succeed, you know? So whatever it takes, whatever yeah. it takes, uh because I was given an opportunity many yeah. times, you know. Yeah. I was given an opportunity with New Japan. WWE told me no over 40 times until I got that one yes. So <laughs> you, um, you've got to be committed and consistent. I mean, and, and I don't practice what, what I preach. I, I mean, I practice what I preach is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... It is what it is. You got the Block the Hate Championship here. Did yeah. I see that? Yeah. Okay, let's see. I see this in all your social media posts. Yeah. I've even had the honor of wearing this. Yeah, exactly. And I brought it because, you know, uh, it, it's got to be done. Uh, we got to have a match, a charity match, where I'm going to put the Block Day Legacy Championship title on the line against you because you need to be in the ring and your style well, can be similar. I've got my own championship here. The, the Chris Van Vliet Championship. Okay. For, well, for charity, we put both titles on the line uh, on the ladder match. <laughs> <laughs> and you can mirror Shane McMahon, and I'll just beat your ass. You know, I wow. represent New Japan. You'll represent your show. You which think is, you're going to beat my ass? Oh, all, you think you're going to beat my ass? All over the ring. Wow, all over the ring, all over the oh, that's building. That's interesting. So I'm putting everything on the line. Hmm. Putting everything. I will on the put line. the Chris Van Vliet Championship on the line against anybody named Chris Van Vliet. <clears throat> it's a great looking belt. Thank you. It really is. Sorry, it's not a belt. It's a title. Belt holds up, belts hold up pants. Exactly. And that's and where'd you get that from? Vince, right? Vince McMahon? Right. And I, I said something like I that. I said that too. I said something like that to Cody Rhodes right before AEW started. He's like, nah, 
it's a belt. We'll, <laughs> we'll call it a belt. I'm okay with that. And I went, I like that. Uh, right? So I interviewed him the week of Double or Nothing. Yeah. And they were going to unveil the championship at Double or Nothing. Remember when Bret Hart came out yes. and unveiled it? After the interview, he goes, you want to see it? <laughs> yes <laughs> that's how Cody is man he pulls he's out so, his phone and goes he's so sneaky there it is I'm like oh that's good he's like yeah looks really good Cody is he is something else for example if back in the day in the locker room uh, he might just say uh, so is Darren taking the heat again like I hate using wrestling terms but like He's like, uh, so is Darren getting beat up again? Because I just love, like, that's just, you know, that's, I love taking the heat. Titus, you know, can, like, fire up and do a comeback. Uh, but there are times when I'm just always taking the heat, you know? So, like, he likes to ruffle feathers. So I'm like, Titus, uh, I'm going to do the comeback, and uh, you take the heat, you know? So, yeah, to Cody's something else, man. Who's your best impression? You mentioned earlier, and you gave us John Laurinaitis. Who's your best impression? Oh, I don't know, man. I get shy like that. You put me on the spot. You're not shy. I don't know. I've got to do it in the moment. Nervous people don't make money. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But yeah, I can't. I have to always do it on the spot. So if you like... Okay, so remember that time that you were having that conversation with Vince McMahon, and he said that thing to you? Uh, <laughs> I was trying to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know who's another like go-to impression. No, but yeah, I remember Vince was like uh, when I was talking to him originally about the Bob Backlund uh, gimmick, and again, I would have to go back to Titus about like you know you gotta you gotta bust through the door. So tag teams don't last forever. When I pitched the idea, had it all written out, and uh, I had visuals, and I went in his office and we talked for 20 minutes and uh, he was like, we were sitting about this close and Vince was like, how do you get such a big barrel chest like that? And I said, oh, just yoga because yoga fixes posture and you're not so slumped over. And he's like, really? That's interesting. Uh, so we just talked for like 20 minutes about yeah. yoga and, um, <laughs> and uh, the storyline, which he loved and he contacted Bob and we went on from there. So... Yeah, that's like, I got to be put <laughs> okay, on the spot right. for that, you know? I want to ask you the question that you and Arnold ask on your podcast. Mm, what's if you, that? If you had 30 seconds yeah. to put any message out there into the world, what would it be? When I always go back home, and I don't, did I mention it about my grandfather or did I just do it off air? Well, anyway, 96 years old, he always says, be cool yeah. and don't be no fool. You know what I mean? So... Anytime I go back, listen to his wisdom, uh, that's what I would say, you know, because you just asked me that now. I have be to cool, relate. Don't be no fool. Be cool and don't be no fool because this is a crazy world out here. That's yeah. why I know your surroundings. Every time I talk to my mom, she says, Sonny, know your surroundings, put God first and mommy second. That, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Know your surroundings, put God first. And mommy's second. I'm not, you know, I'm not religious, but I, uh, I am spiritual, you know, and, uh, you know, big things have been happening to me when you just listen to the message, you know, mm -hmm. be cool and don't be no fool. If I had the world's attention for 30 seconds, damn it, that's what I would say. Mm. I love that. I love that you came by here. Thank you so much. I said, I said to you, damn it, whether it's 
whether it's an hour or however long it takes, I'm going to be on time and get it done because who knows after doing this, I could have an opportunity with AEW. Ultimately I can have an opportunity with any uh, major organization and still do my thing with new Japan, new Japan strong and prove my dad wrong again, you know, prove him wrong again. I love you, dad. You know, you're a pain in my ass, but damn it, I'm going to prove you wrong. So when you text me, and I can show you the texts, the texts that he sent me, how come you're not on this? How come you're not on that? I got to prove him wrong, and I'm going to do it. Just wait. Because of Chris (laughs) CVV, I'm going to do it. I'll ask you the question that I ask everyone in this interview. I asked as my last question. What are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Uh, I'm grateful for my health because people can strip you of finances, uh, houses, cars, et cetera, but no one can strip me of my health. I say health is wealth. So, And, and I'll give you another great quote because I dropped a few of them. Health is the crown that the well person wears that only the sick man can see. Like You don't realize you have it till it's gone. Yes. Yes. It's a Robin Sharma quote. Okay, yeah. You dropping knowledge on me. And it's it's in. It's in. So <laughs> it's in. Locked it in. Okay, there's number one, health. Health. Uh and what's the question again? Three things you're grateful for right now. Uh my God babies. My God babies, uh just uh, you know, seeing them grow up at eight years old and being able to be an influence influential impact and have an impact in, in their life and be around them means the world to me. Uh, I love, I love the youth. I love the kids, you know, seeing them grow. So yeah, my health, my God babies, and most importantly, uh, uh, me, you know, I'm happy that I'm able to just be me. Uh, you know, I'm grateful to be me because my message is bigger. And yeah. every day I wake up, I know someone in any community is counting on me. So I'm going to post away. I'm going to do what I got to do to be a part of interviews and continue to be like a broken record and just share my message because, you know, 7 billion plus people need to be heard. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much. No, Fred. thank you, bro. A- anytime, anytime. Cali shake. You know how to do the Cali shake? I do. Boom. Boom. Yeah, sometimes I mess that up and fully, fully, fully. Wait, did you just wipe it? No, I just put my hand down. Oh, okay. What? No, it was one of these boom. and then boom. boom. Yeah, the Cali shake. So, I mean, we're all vaccinated and this is like my one of my first in-person interviews, you know, since all the craziness. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you. Hell yeah. There we go. Love that guy. New Japan Pro Wrestling Nemesis is live in Los Angeles this Thursday at the Vermont Hollywood. They put on such a great show. It's this Thursday, December 9th. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this episode. Let us know that you're going to be at the New Japan Strong Show. Tag us. Fred is at RealFredRosser. I'm at Chris VanVleet. And I'll leave you with the words of Ralph Waldo Emerson. So fitting for this conversation. To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. Be great and be grateful, my friends. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.